umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And after months of anticipation, months of anticipation, we finally get to see this edition of the University of Michigan football team under new coach Jim Harbaugh. Well, Andy, what are we expecting? What are you looking for? Like most of the rest of the college football world, or at least the Michigan college football world, I'm all tingled with anticipation waiting for this game because it's going to answer so many unknowns for us, not the least of which is the competition between uh, Morris and Ruddock for the starting quarterback uh, position. We don't know who's going to. He's been very coy about this. He didn't want to name a starter and made great effort not to name a starter. Uh, you're going to know who the starter is when, when they line up to take the first snap. And after that, I think that more than one quarterback will play. I think that Morris might get a little chance for some conditioning there, too. I think Ruddock is going to start. It may be Morris's number two. And then as the season goes on, it's possible that somebody down there on the depth chart a little way, a little ways will come along and grab it away from those two. Who knows? Anyway, I don't think we're going to see all the mistakes at the quarterback position that we got used to last year. What well, do you think? Well, I think that's a good point. I think the one thing, there are a lot of things we're unsure of as we, as we get ready for this season. I think the one thing that we can guarantee that whoever plays quarterback, whoever ends up playing quarterback as the season progresses, is definitely going to be in a better position than poor Devin Gardner last year uh, after going from, you know, switching from Borges to Nussmeyer and, and, you know, running for his life behind that offensive line. And, you know, I think you're right. I think that, you know, one of the interesting things that's come out is that the team acknowledges that they know who the starter is, and it really hasn't leaked out. Now, people think that it's going to be Ruddock, and, and I agree, but I think it says something to this team that nobody has leaked it on Facebook, leaked it to a girlfriend, leaked it on a, a discussion board. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned about us not knowing anything about this team, I can't imagine how anyone would, would write a realistic preview of this team, considering that, you know, we have a brand-new coach, a brand-new coaching staff, and, and a range of new starters. I mean, I can't imagine uh, being in Las Vegas and trying to set a line on this game. I just, I you know, I, I think that you're you're definitely reaching. He's got entirely new schemes, too. He's going to uh, heavily emphasize tight ends. Uh, they don't know uh, what <clears throat> excuse me Phil I'm sorry for that they don't know uh, who their most effective wide receiver they don't know if they got a receiver that can go downfield they kind of think Drake Harris may fill that slot but I think that the best pass receiver that they're going to have this year, at least early in the year, is going to be Jake, tight end Jake Putt. Because uh, Harbaugh is 
tight end centric. He likes tight ends. Jake Butt has it all. He's got the hands, he's got the smarts, he's got the size, he's got the height. And he's not hurt. So I think he's going to have a heck of a year, and I'm going to predict that Jake Butt scores Michigan's first touchdown of the new season. And you know, and you know that prediction is worth just as much as it costs you. <laughs> well, one of the things that surprised me is, you know, I think we knew that we were going to see the return of the infamous or on the depth chart. You know, Harbaugh was, was kind of evasive on that, but I think you could read between the lines. Now, what's interesting is that Devion Smith is the clear number one, according to the depth chart, at running back. So I think that's interesting that, you know, there was a lot of publicity and a lot of hype around Ty Isaac. Now, I think they're all going to get reps, but I was really surprised to see that Devion had asserted himself at the top of the, the depth chart. And, you know, that seems to be the, the trend for him, that, you know, the last couple of seasons he's, he's started there, and it's interesting that it has transferred over to this new coaching staff. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, not only do we have questions at quarterback, but we have questions who they're going to throw to. And I think what you said is is a real good bet that Jake Butt's probably going to be the most reliable receiver, especially at the beginning. You know, it's interesting because I uh, I was actually down by Schembechler Hall today and I, I saw the buses pulling out. And something I haven't seen, I've seen this for big games, but there are actually a fair amount of, I assume, fans down there. Now, I was just driving by, but I was really surprised that uh, as they had the police cars lined up to give the police escort to the to the airport, and the buses were there, that there were actually a, looked to be a fair amount of fans hanging out. So it's interesting that the hype is is really out of control. Um, so so Andy, what do you think about all the attention that Jim Harbaugh is getting in the run up to this season? Well, parts of it I'm, I'm very, very happy about. I'm glad that Michigan is again positively in the national spotlight, uh, that it's getting publicity, that people are, are uh, enthusiastic, the students are enthusiastic again, the general fans, uh, old alumni like me, are extremely uh, uh, energetic in our uh, pursuit of watching Michigan this year. We want to watch them. We're going to live and die with them. uh, Everybody's got tremendous interest. But there are things about this society. uh, The media likes to build up something in this society. And then when interest in building it up tails off a little bit, then they want to rip it down. And I'm hoping that some of the excess publicity that they're getting. I thought the Harbus by uh, 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 Fox Sports One uh, by Fox Sports One was uh, was a little bit of overkill. I don't like to see quite so much about the coach. After all, the coach, he's getting five million bucks for what he's doing. And he doesn't have to be a superstar. 
Harbaugh faced a challenging problem in dragging Michigan's prospects up from the drink, up from the muck, up from the lower reaches, and and making them respectable again. He's done a good job, but uh, the publicity about Harbaugh seems to me to be a little bit excessive and might be harmful, a little bit harmful in the long run. Well, I think uh, if you're if you're railing against the publicity that Harbaugh gets, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. You know, part of the nope. issue is is that the program has been so far down for so long, and that nationally, I mean, I think when you have a an alumnus, a famous alumnus, coming back to take over a program, that's really kind of a a stock story. You know, there's there's nothing new there, but nobody on the pro football side, really thought that, that there was any serious chance Harbaugh was going to leave. So you have a guy who's turning down a lot more money to make a lot of money at college. And, you know, we've talked about this before. There's a lot of grief that comes with the Michigan job that you really don't have as a pro coach. So I think that there's a curiosity in this, you know, nationally to see how this goes. I mean, then you have, you know, we've talked about it, that Harbaugh is a different kind of guy, so he, he warrants attention just because he's, he's, frankly, an oddball among among coaches. You know, he, he, he acts very quirky. different. Quirky is a nice name for that. Quirky, yeah. So, I mean, I think you, you add all those things up. I mean, you know, if he went back to Ferris State, I'm not sure that that would be quite the story, but... You know, here's a guy who's going from, you know, the NFL, you know, the, from being in a Super Bowl, being in a championship game, to, you know, winning, you know, multiple conference championships, and, you know, turning on his heel and heading back to college and going to, let's let's face it, a real, a ton of work is going to need to be done here. I mean, this is not a, you know, we can talk about that the that the roster is stocked. We can say that Hoke didn't leave the cover bare, but Look at where Michigan was. This is not a walk in and then, you know, expect to immediately compete for the Big Ten. So we're definitely a fixer upper. So he has his work cut out. Well, he certainly does. He'll earn every dollar he, he gets, and I don't begrudge him. You know, so much has gone right for these guys. Um, even the, uh, the phone call from Michael Jordan, you know, it, uh, the things that writers can talk about just keep coming um, when a hardball is a subject. The problem is that stuff the writers can talk about doesn't keep coming when it's regarding the progress and execution of football plays. But tomorrow, or uh, Thursday, we shall see what he has wrought in the eight months that he's been at Michigan, and I think it's going to be a satisfactory project in many ways. I think on all three, in all three phases of the game, these guys are going to be improved over last year. I think they're going to play better defense. They're going to have better special teams, and they're not going to have 10 men on the field when they should have 11 in critical times. They're not going to make those kind of mistakes. 
And if they have some playmakers and they got Jabril Pepper, the Peppers, that they say they're going to go ahead and use him in punt returns and that kind of stuff. And they got an Australian kicker. Well, maybe you don't want to talk about kickers yet, but they've got an Australian kicker there that's supposed to be hyper accurate. Uh, punter, I guess, rather than kicker. Take that back. He's a punter, not a kicker. So, anyway, things seem to be shaping up, and so far it's been the best start imaginable for the Harbaugh regime. It's unbelievable in many respects, the amount of publicity and stuff. But we'll see how they how they can translate things to the football field. And with his set of assistant coaches... I don't think it's going to be anything but good. I think they're going to be turn into they're going to turn into a good football team this year. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten championship, but they're going to be good in all three phases. Well, you know it's going to be interesting because everybody and you know I even took I'm going to take uh, John Bacon to task a little bit. You know, in the you know the book, the fall and the return of Michigan football, nothing's returned yet. And as excited as I am about Jim Harbaugh and as great of a job I think he's going to do, you know, potential just means he haven't done anything yet. And it'll be very interesting to see Thursday. And you know, one of the things I like about Harbaugh's tact with the media. You know, when he took the, the submarine down, shall we say. And, and you know, we've, ta- we've, we've talked about it. huh? Do you, do you know of any other college coach coaching today that could get away with that? Keeping the press uninformed for almost a month about his football team? Well, let me finish. There's nobody else I can think of that could get away with that. And and that's fine. But but I'm okay with it. Because, you know, we have talked about this. And, you know, Andy, you and I have both been... I haven't been around the block as much as you have, but we've talked about this. That you don't know anything until you see the team. You know, we've sat through seven years of coaches telling us how great they look in practice us going and seeing little snippets of practice, them looking great against each other. And really, what Harbaugh has done is put the focus exactly where it should be. It's all what we see on the field. And I actually like, you know, we've talked about it in the past where, you know, there are some... Uh, okay, there are some, shall we say... Sources that have been very, very, that have been leaked to very well over the last seven years. And we hear what's happening in practice, and we hear who's doing great. You know, we have practically none of that now. And what Harbaugh's done is basically just strip away all the bullshit, okay? So he's not going to sit here and tell you how fabulous people look, and he's not going to, you know, his coaches, I mean, they wouldn't even confirm injuries. And I think it's kind of funny because, again, we see the traditional media kind of flailing, looking for something to turn on. And, you know, we're all going to see the same thing on Thursday. So it, it, I, I like that because, really, that's what it's all about. And, you know, 
Harbaugh can let us go to every practice, Andy, and we might get a feel one way or the other, but until you go up against an opponent, that's really, really what matters. So, I and I'll tell you, I, I have no idea what to expect. I mean, we hit, we know Harbaugh's track record. We know what he's done other places. We know what his coaches have done. But I can't remember another year that I genuinely had no... You know what? Probably Rich Rodriguez's first year. That's probably the last time that I really had no idea. You know? You know, I'm, actually, that's it. I, I think, you know, we had a pretty good idea what Hulk was going to try to do. And, of course, Hulk had that, that magical, fluky first year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I remember the year that, that Lloyd Carr's team switched to the zone blocking. Um, that There was a little bit of intrigue heading into that season. But, but since then, um, you know, then you could say the year that, you know, when when um, uh, Matt Gutierrez was, was the presumptive starter and got hurt the last week and Chad Henney was pulled into service. But even then, you knew who the running back was. You knew what the system was. They just kind of plugged Henney in and, and told him, you know, tried to get him not to make too many mistakes. You know, this, I don't know what we're going to see. No idea. Um but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm excited about it. And no matter how bad things are Thursday, I know they're going to get better. And, man, if, if uh, you know, talking about the hype on Harbaugh, if the team looks great on Thursday, if they pull off a, a decent victory, the hype is just going to go off the charts. Yes, that would be, that'd be the only bad part of that would be the only bad part of the victory. I think this is a very needed victory for them, for the team itself, for Team 137 to get itself going, get on the right track, begin to hammering down some wins uh, while they can, while things are a little bit easier than they're going to be a little bit later. But it's going to be so interesting for me to watch special teams, see the improvements there, because I really have the feeling that special teams are going to contribute. They're going to make make the other side make some errors and they're going to be able to punt and put the ball in a position favorable to Michigan's offense or defense and uh, I think it's just going to be a better all around quality of product but I don't know exactly how they're going to do that yet till we, till we see these guys in the field and even then they're going to hold back you know, it, it's probably going to be a more conservative game plan Thursday than it will be later in the season when they have more experienced quarterbacks experienced in their system. Well, I'll tell you, listen, it's always important to get out of the gate with a win. But I think the most important game for me is that first home game. It is to come out and build on the momentum of, and, and I'm not saying that people won't be down if they lose the first game, but, you know, we've talked about this all off season. I mean, okay, strip away the names of the teams. If I tell you that there's a random team that's starting a new quarterback with a new coach with a new offense, 
and they're going on the road to face a decent opponent. You know, there's a pretty good chance you're you're not going to be favored or you're not going to win that game. That that's no surprise. But really, when they come back, they really, really, I think, genuinely want to put on a good performance in the first home game, get people believing. And I think that's, to me, that's the, out of these first two games, if I had to pick one to win or lose, I'd want to win that first home game. Well, that looks more likely than Utah. It's UNLV, isn't it? Yep, but, actually, it's, it's Oregon State. But, that's, no, it's Oregon State, that's true. Well, Oregon State may not be such a cakewalk. I don't know anything about them yet. So, but... That'll, we will talk about that, and we'll have a lot more to talk about because we will have this game in the books. So, so Andy, do you have any final words for this week's podcast? Yes, I'm, I'm excited about this football game. And I, I really want to see this happen. I want to see how things go. I want to see how the system works and how they all do. It's going to be a most interesting opening to, a, to a, what I hope is a reasonably great football season. Go Blue. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.